Welcome to another episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead, brought to you by Whitehead Legal, the most exclusive firm in Australia for health practitioners. Today, we are going to take a peek at some things to expect when dealing with landlords when you're selling or buying a practice. Let's go. <laughs> All right, shout out to Simon for the poor, for letting me know about the poor audio grabs at the start of the earlier episodes. Um, those Nintendo 64 aficionados listening will mark out to that intro music grab. Let me know where you think it's from. Um, a bit of an update where we're at actually. The uh, we're looking into well, not looking into we're we're going to launch some HR um, employment relations uh, legal advice assistance for our existing our existing clientele and for new clientele. Um, so look, we'll be releasing a bit more info on that over the next few weeks. Um, so are you practice ready? Let's get back to the episode hand, though. Uh, when you are selling or purchasing a, a practice, the assignment of lease is critical. <laughs> the assignment being that of the existing premises lease, the transfer of that existing premises lease from which the practice that you're buying or selling is conducted at. So let's talk about the leases, their assignment and the landlord requirements. So the terms of the lease, unless you own the freehold, the van vendor that is, unless the vendor owns the freehold and, and, up and is providing a fresh lease or the vendor is selling the, um, the, the, te the tenant entity by way of, it's very likely a company trust scenario or even 50% of that tenant entity company trust scenario by way of shares and units sales, which is a complex matter, we'll get into another episode. Um, predominantly your lease that you are buying or selling, sorry, not buying the lease, the, the practice you're buying or selling, that lease will require the landlord's consent in writing um, before the lease can be assigned to the purchaser and then subsequently your settlement of the practice can occur. A landlord acting reasonably, whether or not they're reasonable or not, in most circumstances is arguable, but acting reasonably can either refuse or assign a lease because the new tenant is not suitable. I'll get to that. It's pretty uncommon in our experience. Or they might impose uh, semi-reasonable conditions when they're giving their consent. So conditions attached to, to said consent by the landlord can be increases to the existing bank guarantee or the security deposit from, it might be one month. They might say, well, we don't necessarily trust your trading history. Uh, hey, we'll consent with four months. And that's the, 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 the negotiations that will ensue. If you have four months, or if your financier won't give you four months bank guarantee, you'll try and negotiate it down. And you'll end at a happy medium somewhere. Um, or personal guarantees. There, there's a whole, again, another episode on personal guarantees, um, but personal guarantees of 
uh, of the te new tenant entity um, to be assigned if it's a corporate entity. So if your corporation, you're setting up, set up a corporate uh, a company with a trust and you're a sole shareholder, yeah, expect to be asked to be uh, a personal guarantor of the tenant entity of the company. Communication. Now, who is talking to who? <laughs> you sign the sale agreement. Is the is the vendor vendor's lawyer who's who's uh, making contact with the the landlord or the landlord's lawyer, or is it the purchaser or the purchaser's lawyer who needs to make the first contact? Follow the follow the sale agreement or the industry standards. Your lawyers will know who really should be talking to who, but sometimes it, people just people are jumping ahead. Sometimes not. Sometimes it waits the last few few days before settlement. But it is in. It's it's in the, everyone's best interest to commence negotiations with the landlord once you sign the contract, or if if the vendor will allow it um, before signing the contract. If they have if the vendor has a good relationship with the landlord, sometimes the vendor doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag, so the purchaser might have to hold sway, review, have their lawyer, us Whitehead Legal, uh, review the lease and uh, recommend any any variations, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, so good communication between all parties and the agent. If there's a, a premises managing agent who, who might be the intermediary between the landlord and, uh, and the tenant, the landlord is entitled to self-represent, of course. Um, and the landlord may also rely on the, on the agent to, uh, to commit to do the negotiations. So look, milestone dates need to be proffered to all parties. Um, leading up to uh, the settlement date. So if there's conditions precedent date, communicate them with with um, with the the landlord, the agent, or the landlord's lawyer. Just try and make sure they're met. Um, well, I mentioned variations before. So <laughs> complexities arise because some leases are inadequate in certain areas. Why are they inadequate? Inadequate? Well, you'll have to speak to the drafter. Um, the, uh, a, uh, the, the, it's an objective, subjective um, manifest of what, a, of what a lease actually offers. Um, someone buying, so a buyer, will look at a lease and go, look, that's inadequate. But the vendor might go, well, look, I've had all this time and the lease has been fine. Just run with it. The, we'll focus on one key variation <laughs> that... Um, Essential, well, most leases we deal with on the complex commercial transactions um, need, needs attention. And that's tenure, terms. How, many, how long has, is, does, how much security does the lease have? Do you have a five by five by five by five? Or was it a five by five by five by five and that started 20 years ago and you've got three years left? <laughs> well, yeah. the, um, the lease, does it give the tenant enough ongoing security does it give the buyer enough ongoing security and more importantly can the tenant secure finance based on the existing security as i said if there's only three years well the finance your financier the tenant's financier um we will very likely go well that's probably not enough security if we're giving you a million dollars to buy a practice um so what happens well the Depending on who who, the, who we are looking after, if we're looking after the, a, a purchaser of a practice and we've reviewed the lease, is the is the practice sale agreement conditional upon a variation to the existing lease to allow for more tenure 
for the purchaser? Um, or is the practice sale agreement only conditional upon a transfer and no variations? What happens if the variations are required for a purchaser to settle and the landlord does not consent? Well, for a purchaser, you would expect, and as discussed, when we're acting for a purchaser, of course, it's one of the number one things that you look at, um, is to negotiate as a fundamental to any complex acquisition that the variations to the existing lease by way of a transfer and variation of lease include additional tenure and terms. For example, back to the three years left, you negotiate as part of the sale agreement that a variation as the, the transaction, the sale agreement, settlement, can, a condition precedent is the acceptance by the landlord in the variation lease, a separate document, that there will be additional tenure of, let's say, five by five. So three years left in your, on the existing lease. That then, ex, that by way of the variation, extends it out for an additional 10 years. You'll have the security of 13 years, which is pretty, pretty good. Without this condition precedent, issues, big issues, the purchase could default on, that, on the practice sale agreement. And there are significant ramifications to any deposits paid by the purchaser in, if, if, the, if that happens, if, if, you, if the purchaser defaults. Be careful here. I cannot stress enough that our purchasers need to be careful about practice sale agreements not being conditional on variations, but, uh, but only a transfer. There, it, it may seem like semantics. Well, the transfer includes the variations, but that's not necessarily. Uh, the interpretation of what a transfer is, well, a transfer is transferring the existing lease. Transferring with variations, yeah, that needs to be conditioned precedent to the sale agreement. So even before you've you've signed the sale agreement, even before you've negotiated, you've commenced negotiations with the with the landlord, landlord's lawyer about the additional terms. Day dot, look at the lease. If it doesn't have enough tenure, check with your finance on that. Just make sure that they won't they won't lend if they don't have enough tenure. And that's it. Put it out there. You need more terms. This whole deal is subject to you getting more terms. The landlord might be able to sorry the vendor early in the piece, which would be nice um, and. It depends, again, on the relationship between the, the vendor and the landlord, and they might be in a position to get some comfort that it actually is going to be accepted, the additional tenure. What happens if the landlord is considering uh, demolishing the entire building uh, at the end of the existing lease and won't consent to the additional terms? Well, unfortunately for the, the vendor, um, the vendor either either, try, either can't sell the practice because the, the tenure is not there, or the um, the vendor yeah look it may have to um, move premises and that's a that's a whole again a whole another podcast in itself on securing your practice future and we've got literature on on our, our uh, on our website pertaining to securing and stewardship of the of your of your practice uh, and making sure that as the years go by and when you renew your lease yeah additional terms are are, are negotiated part of that so you always have that buffer so back to the transfer of lease 
who pays for the costs and how much are they? Well, how much is, uh, is arbitrary? It could be anything. There's, I've seen um, minimalist um, and I've seen ridiculous. Um, ridiculous up to more than three grand, four grand for a consent to a transfer. No variations. It's, believe me, that's ridiculous. <laughs> In saying that, look, negotiations, um, that's where we'll get into is who pays for the negotiations. So what is commercially appropriate and fair? That's essentially what you're asking for. What's, what is commercially appropriate and fair? And what does the lease say? Usually the, under the lease, the, the landlord pays no assignment, no transfer costs. They are borne by the vendor. However, is it fair when we're looking after vendors? We go, well, you know what, is this fair? Like, it's, of course, it's fair that you pay for the, the vendor selling the practice, pays for the consent to getting the consent of the transfer. But is it fair that the vendor should be paying for the purchaser's negotiations for variations? That's arguable. There's no industry standard there. I mean, you could detail it in a fresh lease that this is who pays for who, but a fresh lease will, would, wouldn't ha, will not have necessarily have the contingency for the, any variations. The fresh lease will, will be satisfactory enough. So those, those grey areas on costs, flush them out early. Make sure there's no surprises on those costs and who's, who's paying for who, who's paying for what, that is, and who. I mean, it's, it's the, 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 the vendors, uh, sorry, the landlord's lawyer that, that is, that's the costs, that's where the costs come from. Um, the vendor, of course, is selling to the purchaser. The landlord has no benefit in this matter, really. Um, the vendor and the purchaser may separately agree to share the costs under the practice sale agreement. Um, and in that, in any any event, the landlord, uh, landlord's lawyer should provide their estimate of the costs uh, prior to settlement. So. Payment of these those these landlords' lawyers costs that will be a condition precedent uh, to their consent to the transfer and variation. If you if you can vary anything, that will be their condition condition precedent to consent to the transfer of lease, which will then allow settlement. So remember, this is legal information, legal commentary, pose, uh, not advice. <laughs> so call me, Julian Whitehead. I'm a partner. At Whitehead Legal, I exclusively advise health professionals throughout Australia. As I said before, Whitehead Legal exclusively advises health practitioners throughout Australia. My contact details will be in the description. And thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead. Thank you.